0: Welcome to the Keto Lifestyle Podcast hosted by nutritional coach Jessica Tai, where we are dedicated to promoting health and overall well-being through nutrition, specifically the ketogenic diet. We will provide you with all the latest science in nutrition, interviews with experts in the health and wellness field, and answer all your burning questions so you can find optimal health. This podcast is not intended to be used as medical advice and is to be used for informational purposes only. Please contact your doctor with any and all medical questions. Now here's Jessica.
1: Hey guys, and welcome back to the Keto Lifestyle Podcast. This is episode number 39, and this is your host, Jessica Ty. Well, I'm happy to be here with you guys again this week, and as you, um, uh, Hopefully you guys caught last week's episode where I did an interview with Sean Miner from the Keto for Women podcast and that was a lot of fun. There was some great information she shared with everybody on that podcast so um, hopefully you guys enjoyed that and I'm back this week solo so Derek is not here today and I'm going to be recording this one by myself. So, uh, buckle your (laughs) seatbelts, get ready to settle in and, um, Hey, uh, just fair warning. If you don't want to listen to the banner, just go ahead and turn it off. Better yet. You might want to find a different podcast to listen to because you know what? Hey, this is my podcast and I've decided that, um, I'm going to do it the way I want to do it. So if you don't like listening to this one, um, there are a ton of great keto podcasts out there who knew So um, you've got lots of options. Uh, So if you don't want to listen to uh, the beginning of my podcast where I like to kind of catch everybody up and talk about things that are going on in my life um, or that I just want to talk about or share with you guys, then um, there are some great ones out there. Trying to think of some that you could listen to that would just get right into the meat for you, like Jimmy Moore's podcast, awesome. You can get some great keto information from him, um, some of the best keto info out there for sure. Um, He's got two, three different podcasts you could listen to. There's um, some new keto podcasts out there that uh, maybe would be more your speed. So you can just look those up on wherever it is you listen to podcasts, you can just type in keto and pick one that you actually enjoy listening to. So hopefully that helps you out. Just here to help. Um, But for me, for today, um, I have a few things on the docket that I would like to talk about. Please, let me just start with this. So I want to kind of give a confession, I guess, on today's (laughs) podcast. And um, I just thought it would be very helpful to some listeners out there. And it just might, it might help you guys to hear uh, the struggles of someone else, especially if anybody is under the false impression out there that I am some kind of um, ketogenic expert um, to start with or any kind of expert, to be honest. Um, I am... Um, educated in nutrition and health and I uh, take that very seriously and I really try to do my very best to not only on this podcast provide you with um, great free information that you can do with what you wish and hopefully be able to help improve your life and well-being through this podcast but I also um, you know use that to provide my coaching clients with as much um, expertise as I have, but I would not call myself an expert in anything. Um, I, you know, I'm continually learning and continually, you know, just living life and going through the same processes that you guys are going through. Um, but I think sometimes what happens is you, and and I know I'm guilty of this. So, and some of the messages that I've gotten from people, I know that it's, you know, I'm not the only one that feels this way, but I will listen to people that have a podcast and just assume that they are the expert on the subject and that they just probably never mess up and they have it all figured out and I am just striving to be like them. So, um, and now that, you know, since I've been doing the podcast on my own or my own podcast, I should be saying, um, I, it you know kind of made me realize when I started doing this that hey you know people that do podcasts are just people like they're not different than you and me there's you know they're still dealing with the same they have the same struggles that we have and the same issues they have the same you know maybe not exactly the same but they have family life like you and I have a family life and um, you know potentially a work life and maybe a school life and, uh, friends and, and events and social things. And so, you know, they're just, they're just people. Right. And so I'm no different than that. And I, um, have been ketogenic for about 13, 14 months now, and it has been the most amazing year plus of my life. As far as my health and wellness goes, I have just been, um, you know, I've had numerous health issues completely go away. Um, I have more energy than I have ever had probably in my life. I mean, I don't know. I've always been pretty energetic and um, and just a doer, uh, you know, just, a, just very driven to just get things done. Um, but that has even improved since being ketogenic. I used to definitely have a hard time getting up in the morning. I would call myself, I would say, you know I'm just not a morning person, but since becoming ketogenic, it's not that I necessarily want to bounce out of bed at 5:30, six o'clock in the morning um, when my teenager's getting up to get ready for school. but I but when I do, you know, I, it's easy to wake up though. Um, you know I have an alarm set. The alarm goes off. There's no hitting the snooze or, uh, laying back down and trying to go back to sleep. I mean, when I wake up now I'm up, you know, it's easy. Uh, I get up, my body's like, yep, time to get up. Let's get going. So, um, though that if you struggle in the mornings, um, if you struggle to get a good night's sleep, if you struggle with energy, then you can understand like what a big deal that is. That's It's huge to have, to have energy you can rely on and feel like you can get up and get going in your day. So, um, all of those things have been incredible through me through keto. And I've been pretty, um, pretty, I've, I've not come off of keto during that time period, as far as like, it's not like I started out ketogenic and then, um, and then had kind of fell off the wagon, so to speak, uh, for any period of time. And then, got back into it. Like I, for this, you know, year plus I've been ketogenic. Now that's not to say that I won't go out and, um, come out of ketosis by eating out or, you know, having a dessert or indulging in a birthday cake or whatever that, that may be. But it's a, you know, it's a, those are choices that I make in my uh, lifestyle and I will have that indulgence. I know that I'm out of ketosis Um, I don't really track much anymore but when I do track or when I have in the past I know that it takes me you know sometimes a day sometimes two days depending on um, you know, how much sugar and carbs I indulged in. Uh, but, but you know, part of the beauty of this lifestyle is the metabolic flexibility. So my body has become, become very good at being able to go back and forth from being a carb burner to a fat burner. Um, and I have maintained, you know, pretty much the same uh, weight um, or even actually kind of continually losing, but, uh, just very slow now. Um, I kind of lost the majority of weight that I lost when I came to this, uh, lifestyle in the first, uh, you know, few months actually. And then it's just kind of been very slow, um, steady and I, I don't weigh myself, but I can just tell by the way things fit or, um, you know, the way things look or whatever, you know, I can tell when there's fat that is no longer there. So, um, you know, I definitely still have plenty of fat stores on my body. So, um, you know, I would anticipate that my body will continue to use those when needed. And, um, and I'll kind of, you know, eventually find just this, uh, set point for my body that it will stay at. Um, but having said that, um, so I haven't, so I haven't had, uh, these issues of like weight gain and weight loss and, you know, back and forth or anything like that. Uh, everything's been very steady for the last you know year plus. <clears throat> so the confession I want to make to you, and I, I just, I don't know if confession's the right word, but you know, it's not easy because you know, you are, when you, when you are in the public like this, uh, you are judged, um, quite harshly at, at, uh, sometimes, um, you certainly cannot do everything all the time to please everyone. (laughs) Um, and that can be hard for me because I am a people pleaser by nature. I am, um, I am a servant's heart. I love to serve people. I love to, um, you know, to, to make people happy. I like, I just, I like to do that. That's, um, just kind of the way I've always been. And so, you know, if, if I feel like what I'm doing is not making everyone happy all the time, that can sometimes be hard on me. And that also creates, um, definitely can create a lot of stress for me, even when I'm not necessarily recognizing it because I'm so busy trying to please everyone that it can cause, you know, it can cause me to basically just run ragged trying to please everyone. And I typically will kind of come to like a breaking point where I just can't, handle it anymore. And then, you know, and then I'll pick myself back up, brush myself off and then go right back at it again. So, um, that's kind of the way I, I have just always operated. So I'm trying to get better. Um, hence the intro to this podcast where basically I'm just saying, you know what? I don't need to answer to anybody. I'm doing this podcast for those of you that want to listen to it. If you don't want to listen to it for whatever reason, then please don't listen. Like don't know, you know, none of us are going to be any worse for the wear if you don't turn tune in. Um, you know, I'm not making any money off this podcast. I'm not doing this for that. I'm just trying to get good free information out there. And um, so, anyway, so I'm using that as one of the ways to kind of, you know, basically heal myself, break myself of this bad habit to be a people pleaser all the time. Uh, so, anyway, Having said all that, so I, so so it's hard for me to kind of come out and um, and talk to you guys about this because I don't want anybody to be disappointed in me. Like I, you know, that's always been a huge fear uh, throughout my life is the fear that I'm going to disappoint someone. Um, you know, I don't want to get emotional <laughs> over this. Uh, this is a keto podcast, and uh, you guys want to hear about being ketogenic, so why I'm bringing this up to you is, um, that I fell off the keto bandwagon, um, hard this past week and, um, saw some very negative effects of that. And I wanted to share that with you guys, um, through this keto podcast to let you know that it happens to everyone at some time, at some point, or at least to most of us. And so, I don't I just wanted to share because I, I I don't I know there's so many people out there that listen to this podcast or other keto podcasts and you may be trying to get into ketosis or you're you know you're trying to get on this lifestyle and you're trying to eat this way and it's just so hard and you feel like you keep failing and you feel like you just should throw your hands up in the air and be like, forget it, I quit, this is too difficult. Why can everybody else seem to do this? You know, I see all these posts all the time on social media that, um, you know, people get frustrated, um, women specifically, because they will see, you know, so-and-so lost 20, 30, 40, 50, 60 pounds in a month and they can't lose, you know, 10 pounds and they've been ketogenic for for six months or a year or whatever. So um, I know that that's very hard a lot of times to see other people um, getting... These results that that they can see and they know are happening, and it can feel frustrating. But I just want to encourage you guys that uh, don't give up. And it can be very hard, especially if you're coming from any kind of disordered eating, which you know a large majority of us are. Um, I mean, pretty much if you try to follow the you know standard American diet and the guidelines. Uh, it's really hard to not get into disordered eating. Um, you you know, we're told to eat this low-fat diet that's high in grains and carbohydrates and sugars, and it's uh it you know, it's set it sets us up for our cells to be starving for good nutrition, and it sets us up for Uh, To have dysregulation of our hormones, and you know, our we need fat and cholesterol to produce sufficient hormones and to build um, healthy, good cells. So when we're not giving our bodies that, uh, it's very easy to get into a disordered eating pattern because we think, okay, well, this is what I'm supposed to be doing. So you try really, really hard to go low fat and you're eating, you know, all these carbs and you think they're healthy and you think they're doing good, but you're not getting results you want, you're starving all the time unless you up the carbs because that's the only thing you can eat more of is carbs and protein, but you certainly can't eat more fat because, you know, you're told everything's got to be low fat. And so you eat this way and it, it's just kind of this vicious cycle of, of restriction. And then for me, it was restriction and then binging restriction and then binging. So I would, um, you know, I would restrict and try to stay around 1200 calories a day. And, and I would just, and I'd be able to do that for a while. I mean, sometimes it would be days, sometimes it would be months and then I would just break. I just would. I would just have to have food. And when you break under those kinds of circumstances, you're typically not going to go binge on healthy uh, fats and vegetables and things like that. You typically go binge on on crap, right? Like packaged crap or candy or, um, you know, those types of things, baked goods and, and bread and pasta. And I mean, those are the things you binge on because your body is just crying out for fuel. And if you're eating a standard American diet, um, and then you are a, and you're 99.9% positive, you're going to be a sugar burner. Um, that's the fuel that your body knows it's currently using and it needs more of that fuel. So, you know, you, I heard someone, um, recently through social media say, uh, that, uh, willpower is like a muscle. Um, you know, the more you work it out, the stronger it is. And that's absolutely crap. That's totally 100% scientifically false. Um, we know that now, <laughs> I mean, we, I don't know that we've ever not known that, but, uh, definitely in the health industry, um, that is a known fact you, you know, there are certainly like this individual, um, and I'm sure there's certainly more people that do, um, uh, kind of keep, uh, spreading that myth that you can work harder on your willpower and it'll get stronger. And so lots of people do that and you think something's wrong with you. If you don't have enough willpower or you don't get stronger and you can't resist these things that you know are not doing your body any good. And that's absolutely false. And it's so damaging to people. Um, Willpower, you only have, you have a finite amount of willpower. Every day you wake up with a new bank of willpower. And if you spend the majority of your day using that willpower to fight other things and deal with other things and you're stressed out and you've got all these things going on and, and you're, you're just trying to, um, especially using that willpower in the way of, uh, you know, gosh, I, 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 I'm hungry, but I'm gonna exceed my calories to the day if I eat anymore, and you know, breakfast is the most important meal of the day, they told me so, so I need to eat breakfast even though I'm not hungry. Like you're already exercising your willpower just through those thoughts and those processes. So by the time you get to midday or the end of the day, your willpower is gone. And you're thinking, I'm such a loser because here it is, same time, every freaking day, and all I want is a bowl of ice cream and to sit in front of my show and watch my TV show. And why can't I do better than this? Why am I not stronger? Why is this not working for me? And it's because you're using that willpower up early in the day, and there just isn't anything left from you for you to draw on, and your body is begging you to feed it. I mean your cells are literally crying out to get nutrition that they're never getting because our diets are so lacking in that nutrition. So I'm I just want to encourage you guys today that um, you know that if you are trying to get into this keto lifestyle and you're finding it difficult and you're frustrated because you don't have you feel like you don't have the willpower to get past the cravings for the sugar and the carbs just know that you're not alone in that and it's a very real thing and you are not broken and there is nothing wrong with you that you are having these these issues or that these struggles and um and you can do this you can get through it and it's not to say that you won't ever stumble or you won't ever have these issues. So for me, this past week was spring break for my kids. So I was coming off of um, midterms with the Nutritional Therapy Association, which was super stressful, um, and had just been just had been a lot, and uh, was just a lot. Then the following week um, here is was our spring break. So. Um, I don't know how you guys do it, but in our family, uh, typically when we do a road trip or we have anything like that going on, my kids are immediately like, okay, great, this is awesome. So we can indulge in some snacks that we would not normally keep in our house. And this is just the way we've always done it. And, you know, I probably created, it's my fault, I'm sure I've just created a monster by starting this years ago. And so it's definitely something we haven't broken so, um, for my husband and I, you know, for, for several years, we've been eating healthier than for the past year. Plus we've been eating keto. So we no longer, you know, have been indulging in that, uh, tradition, let's say, but the kids still want that. So, you know, they'll ask for me to get them some horrible prepackaged stuff at the store. And I usually will indulge them in that and I will buy them. They each get to pick something and then that's what they get to eat on their, as one of their snacks on the trip, so um, so the requested foods were uh, some there were two snack chips that they wanted, and then there was uh, they wanted pop tarts so I said okay that 's fine because we we just don't keep we don 't allow them to have pop tarts and so I thought, you know what it 's not going to kill them to have pop tarts for uh, you know for however many days it lasts them. <laughs> I figured they 'd probably eat them all in one day. And, uh, that's fine. So we, so I bought them and we went on the trip and I decided when we were at the cabin with the kids that I was going to indulge in a pop tart. I thought, my gosh, I couldn't even remember the last time that I had them. My mom used to tease me that I was going to turn into a pop tart. Uh, she said, you know, you are what you eat. You're going to turn into a pop tart (laughs) when I was a kid, because that's all I would eat. So, um, I had bought, they had requested the brown sugar cinnamon and the, uh, my one son was with me when I picked them up and they had this throwback pop tart that I think they quit making. I don't even know how many years ago, but it's one that I used to love when I did eat pop tarts, which probably was, it, I probably haven't had a pop tart in five to 10 years. Um, probably closer to the 10 years. And this one particular one is a, um, I forget, I think it's called a chocolate vanilla cream or something like that. But, um, I think they replaced it years ago with like the hot fudge Sunday one or whatever, which I never thought was the same thing. But so anyway, they had those. So he's like, Oh mom, can I get this? These were my favorite. And I'm thinking in my head, Oh my gosh, they were my favorite too. Okay. No big deal. I don't eat that anymore, right? So no big deal, I don't care. Um, So he gets those and so I decided when we were on the trip, um, they were having one of these Pop-Tarts and I thought, you know what? I really want to just, I just wanna taste this Pop-Tart. Like I haven't had one in a long time and I just wanna have it. So I did and that one Pop-Tart turned into two Pop-Tarts and then the next day I had another one of those Pop-Tarts and then a second one of those Pop-Tarts and then we went out to eat dinner, um, at a place when we were on vacation. We went to, it's a, a barbecue place, which is a great place to go if you're ketogenic. Cause you can just eat, um, so great meat. You can get all these, you know, different kinds of meats. So I got pulled pork and brisket and, um, some turkey breast and some chicken pulled chicken. And it was great and, uh, thought, you know, this, this is great. I'm going to get back on track. That was really stupid that I ate those pop-tarts. I immediately felt bad. I woke up in the morning with like both days with like the, um, kind of sugar hangover, carbohydrate hangover. I just felt bad. Um, I immediately, well not immediately, but like two days later, my skin broke out. I had like um, one or two kind of pimples pop up on my skin, which never happens anymore. But I used to struggle with, um, acne and even cystic acne back when I, um, was a sugar burner. And so we, um, so at that restaurant, the waitress brings out these little, um, muffins, these little, uh, cornbread muffins and this butter and the butter looked heavenly. And so, um, my kids or my husband or somebody had tried one and, and I was like, huh, uh, are those good? And I said, are they sweet? And they're like, oh yeah, they're really good. They're so sweet. And I'm like, okay. So i thought. I'm not eating that because again, I don't eat that stuff. Like I just don't, it's, it doesn't appeal to me. I don't want to eat it. Like I'm ketogenic. I just don't think about it. Um, and however, as I'm sitting there, the urge to have one of those muffins became so strong. I was just like, okay, I'm just going to have one. And I thought, what's the big deal if I just have one of these muffins? Like, what is the big deal? So one of those little muffins turned into two of those little muffins turned into three of those little muffins. And by the third one, I was like, I felt sick. Like I just felt the bloating and I didn't feel good and it was just miserable. So I'm just telling you guys all of this because it was a slippery slope for me. It was, and, and I have indulged in sugary sweets before you know, having birthday cake or carrot cake on my, you know, at the Carlo and Johnny, which I've talked about on this podcast numerous times, you know, for whatever reason, you know, I can have a couple of bites of something like that and I'm fine and I move on. But it was like, it was like having this Pop-Tart triggered something. Um, I really don't know how else to say it. I feel like, I mean, it makes me emotional thinking about it. Like I, I literally it like triggered something in me. I don't know if it triggered like, you know, I just don't know. I don't know what it is. The nostalgia of it or, you know, just I think as a kid, like they, I just found, I found comfort in food and, um, you know, used food as like a coping mechanism, as I know many of us do. And I think maybe the mistake was having that particular food that, I had used for so many years as a coping mechanism and as like this place of, you know, like I had a, a really crappy day, but boy, this Pop-Tart is going to make me feel so much better. And, you know, you would get that, that, that rush of, of, um, of feel-good hormones, uh, dopamine and, and, you know, all this in, in your brain that just tells you, yes, that Pop-Tart is exactly what you needed. That's exactly what you wanted. So I don't know if that's what set it off but I can tell you that, um, that man didn't mess me up. So, uh, we were gone for two days. Uh, that's the, only, that's all we traveled for. It ended up, uh, I ended up in that trip, um, having other things that, that were definitely not ketogenic and made me feel awful. I came home, um, bloated. Like I felt, Horrible. Um, I I just felt terrible. Like I felt tight. Like my skin on my thighs felt tight. Like I just did not feel like me. I felt bloated and miserable. My face was bloated looking. Um, even my sweet husband, who did not tell me this at the time, I was kind of confessing to him and telling him how awful this made me feel and how you know, I, I just never want to do that to myself again. And it kind of reminded me of why I stepped away from that lifestyle and eating that way. And he said, you know, I, I didn't say anything to you. Um, but that morning that we got home, when you woke up in the morning, he's like, I almost, it was almost shocking to me to look at your face. He said, you, he said, I haven't seen your face look like that in a very long time. He said, it was very bloated and swollen looking And he's like, I didn't want to say anything to you and hurt your feelings, but I thought, you know, he's like, I thought, wow, you know, oh my gosh, like she, you know, that really didn't do her well and all this. And I felt miserable. I had a hard time getting up. I had a hard time sleeping. I slept terrible. I couldn't get up um, out of bed very well. I just wanted to sleep. I, I didn't want to get up. I, um, I was mean, like I felt like my temper was really short and I was very snappy and snippy with, uh, my husband, my kids, um, with strangers Which <laughs> just, I just had no patience and I was really irritable. Um, so it was just all of these negative effects that I felt from doing this. So I decided to do a two day fast, um, a few days after we got back and I did that and completed that fast And oh my gosh, did I feel so much better when that fast was over. I, um, you know, the bloating is gone. The, um, you know, I, I'm back in ketosis, you know, I just feel so good. And it was such a good reminder to me that this is what I used to feel like all the time. And guys, it was probably worse than that because eating, you know, having pop tarts and some snacks that you shouldn't eat for a couple of days, is nothing like eating that way every single day all the time. So it just, you know, it just reminded me that you don't know how bad you feel until you start feeling so good. And then you're able to, when I went back to feeling like that, I was like, oh my gosh, I mean, this is misery. Like it is, I mean, I didn't want to do anything. I mean, I literally didn't want to do anything. I just couldn't hardly focus or accomplish anything. I just felt like, what I felt like doing was sitting around and and just continuing to eat because I just felt so hopeless and helpless and frustrated and tired and irritable and all these crazy things um, that were going on. So um, I'm going to not talk about this anymore. I'm going to move on so that uh, you guys can get some more content out of this. But, but I do feel like this was valuable for you guys. I hope it was valuable for you guys. Um, I just really, really work hard with clients to get out of this disordered eating patterns and, um, to help them work through, uh, cravings and, um, and you know, not all of my clients are ketogenic. you know I don't work with everybody in that manner. Um, I work with people, uh, to eat whole foods and a whole food based diet and figure out what works for them and their body chemistry and their, their makeup and their lifestyle. Um, so this, you know, this is, uh, it's just something that that eating like this and, and having these types of foods be the fuel for our body really does mess us up. And it is hard to get away from that. And I just want you to know that uh, that you're not alone and it happens to people that you would have no idea it happens to. And even though I am on this podcast, I know what I know about nutrition and health and I'm trying to share those nuggets with you guys, it does not in any stretch the imagination mean that I have it figured all out or that I somehow eat perfect all the time or anything close to that. Um, because I don't, um, as I'm telling you now, (laughs) so, um, you know, I've managed to avoid this happening for a long time, but, uh, you know, I learned a trigger, I believe, and I will not let that happen again, hopefully. Um, but you know what, it's just onward and upward guys. You just get back on the train and, uh, just keep trying to do the best you can every day and, you know, know that what you're doing this for, if, you're, if your sights are set on better health and feeling better and being the best person you can be, then um, this way of eating is really going to serve you well. And if you can just try to keep refocusing on that and reminding yourself why you are doing this. Um, you know, there are tricks to help you get past those cravings we've talked about on this show before. And, you know, I work with clients on there's tricks to help you get past those things, but, um, but just from the emotional part of it, um, and the mental part, I just really wanted to talk to you guys about that today and just offer you hope and, um, understanding that you're not alone and, um, this, this stuff, it can be hard to make these changes, but it is well worth it in the end. Okay. Okay. So that's all I'm going to say about that. <laughs> um, so okay, so let me talk about one of the um, one of the uh, what is it? The emails that I got in from a listener. Um, I was going to share with you guys if I can um, find that one. I thought I had it pulled up, but I don't see it right in front of me. Um, So let's see. I think it's this one. Um, so yes. Okay. So this message is from Candy and she writes, uh, macros and quit smoking. She says, hi, my husband and I are following the keto program called fit to fat to fit. I'm seeing good results. I'm just following the daily menu they provide. I like that they have menus for men and women. I have tried to do my macros with no success. I just don't get it. Do you have any suggestions? Um, I've tried to find the information on the internet. I am lost. Also, I have quit smoking and have been chewing a lot of gum on a daily basis. Uh, could this knock me out of ketosis? I'm chewing spry gum. It's the lowest sugar of any other gum that i found. Any input would be great. P.S. I love your podcast. Thank you, Candy. So, um... Thank you, Candy, for writing that in. And I know I've already responded to Candy, so hopefully she's already gotten that response. But um, so, yes, uh, to answer the first part of the question, um, I'm not familiar with that program, but doing uh, a daily menu, if that is helpful to you uh, to just be getting a daily menu that tells you kind of what to eat, I'm assuming it just tells you this is what you need to eat every day. If that is helpful to you and you uh, and you are in ketosis doing that, then that's great. Uh, the one question, and I didn't really address this with her when I, uh, when I responded, but one thing I would question is, she says we are following a keto program. So following, I just wanna make this distinction, following a keto program and being ketogenic are two different things. Um, you can, and I address this uh, because she's asking about the macros. So, uh, you know, I've talked about this many, many times on this podcast as well and brought this up. So there are, there are general guidelines for what keto macros look like, right? So let's just first define macros. So macros are macronutrients, and we have three macronutrient categories, really four if you want to count water. Um, but those categories are carbohydrates, um, protein, and fat. So when you're on a ketogenic uh, lifestyle, ketogenic diet per se, your general guideline for a macro uh, macronutrient content of your daily food should be approximately 75% fat, 20% protein, and 5% carbs. Now that is just a general guideline. So you will find programs that tell you that this is a ketogenic program and if you just eat this food and this is perfectly within those macros, then you are gonna be ketogenic. But the, uh, the problem with that and with that mentality is your keto and my keto may look very different. So um, it could look different between men to women, it could look different from a woman to another woman, uh, depending on so many factors. Uh, your, 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 your body chemistry, your height and weight, your activity level, your uh, hormonal dysfunction or function, uh, your insulin resistance or um, sensitivity. There are so many, your digestion. There are so many things that can affect not just a ketogenic diet, but any diet that you could potentially be on Uh, any way of eating that you might be on there are just so many things that can affect how that particular way that you eat is going to affect your body either positively or negatively so that is macros in general now uh, what I did say uh, you know tell candy was or or ask candy is I'm I'm not really a hundred percent clear on what she means by she doesn't get she says i've tried to do my macros with no success i just don't get it so i'm a little bit confused about what she means by that so i don't know if she was saying i've tried to do my macros meaning she's trying to eat within her macros and she just can't do that or she doesn't understand what macros are or how to calculate that or she doesn't know what her macros should look like. I'm, I was I need a little more information on that, but basically I told her that what I just told you, that's the general guidelines, but there are so many things that go into that and deciding and figuring out what actually works for you. So this is where testing comes in in the beginning. I am a huge believer in testing for ketones, especially when you're starting out. My goal is that when I'm working with people is that you will become an intuitive eater. You know, I want you to eat um, to your full until your body is satisfied and eat when you're hungry and, you know, become very intuitive in your eating. But in the beginning, especially if someone is trying to get into ketosis, it's very helpful to see, um, to track what you're eating if you can do that without becoming disordered about it. Um, but to track what you're eating, and then track that against whether or not you're producing ketones, and I like to do that through a blood meter. I use the best ketone meter, um, our Keto Mojo. It's on the best ketone, bestketometer.com is the website, but uh, the Keto Mojo, which I've talked about a lot on this podcast, that is the one I use. I use that to measure blood glucose and ketones when I am measuring. And that is my favorite way to do it. You can also do that through breath. I don't recommend the urine strips. You can do those in the beginning, I would say up through maybe like the first four to six weeks, but after that, they're essentially useless. Um, And truthfully, in the beginning, there are so many variables with those that uh, they're really not 100% reliable. So um, I really love to see people just use a, a breath meter or a blood meter From the get-go but I think it's super important to measure that and see where you're at versus what you're eating so you might find that you do better on an 80% fat 15% protein 5% carbs or you may find out that you actually can eat um, maybe you do 75% fat but you actually can get um, 10% of your calories through carbohydrates, and then the rest protein. So you really have to you have to play with it and figure out uh, what works for you. You know how much fat do you need? And I there like I said, there's so many things that come into play with that. Uh, what I see a lot for women specifically is often we need to really up the fat, especially in the beginning to give our body enough fuel and make it realize that we are that we are no longer restricting it um, and and giving it plenty of fat to draw from and and have readily and easily available to make that switch enzymatically over to being a fat burner from a carb burner. Um, I feel like with women a, a higher fat percentage in the beginning is really helpful. Uh, When I started, I was very strict on my carbohydrates. I took in 20 total carbohydrates per day, and I was very strict with that. But again, I was coming from a disordered eating background. I was coming from as a sugarholic, a carboholic, you know, kind of even as even being paleo, I still uh, ate way too many carbs and way too much, you know, quote unquote, natural sugars like honey and things like that. Um, so, uh, so for me, it was really super important that I just really get that dialed in. So I did that, uh, very, very strictly in the beginning. And then through my time being keto, I have really been able to teach my body, um, to be able to burn both fuels well, um, though I'm in ketosis 99% of the time, and you know stick to a, a very high-fat, very low-carb diet. But one of the things that I added back in in the form of carbs is vegetables. Um, in the beginning, I was very strict with vegetables as well because of the carb content. But as I have moved on in my keto way of eating, I have upped my vegetables significantly. Um, and Eat uh, well over 20, 30 grams of carbs a day now, um, largely due to my um, largely due to my vegetable intake. So, and, and there's many schools of thought on that. And for me, that's what works. For some people, um, that may not work. I mean, some some people may not be able to indulge in carbohydrates that as high as I do, even if they're just coming from vegetables. Um, and you may need to track total carbs where now, if I look at anything, I'm just looking at net carbs. I don't worry about total carbs anymore, but in the beginning, it may be more important for you to stick to that. So, um, so all of those things are very important. So to, to, so to help her out with that, I, I told her, depending on what she's asking for, um, there are some online calculators that you can use that'll help you keep track of macros. Um, and one of them is. Um, that may be able to give you an idea of a good ratio based on a few factors that you key in and um, can kind of tell you like what maybe a good macronutrient ratio might be for you is actually offered by my friend Maria Emmerich. So um, if you do not know who Maria Emmerich is, then you need to go back and find the podcast where I interviewed her and her husband Craig. Um, They're really awesome. They have a new newer um, book. Uh, out called keto, and it is a super helpful ketogenic book for you if you're starting out, and she has some great information in there. But she also has a website called Maria MindBodyHealth.com. So I will link to that in the show notes and I will also link to her keto calculator. So if you'd like to go there and check it out now, it's Maria MindBodyHealth.com forward slash keto-calculator. And, um, you can go on there and that will help you kind of learn, um, according to this formulation, what a good macro nutrient ratio might be for you trying to start out, um, being keto. In addition, you can use apps to track your macros like carb manager is one and my fitness pal. Um, and then to address her gum question. So this one is a little bit trickier. And the reason I think it's a little trickier is um, there's – I don't think there's any real yes or no answer to this. And um, there's probably some uh, keto experts out there or some uh, people that are much more advanced in their understanding of uh, your biology and nutrition than I am. But I would – my answer to her is I feel like the gum thing is – really, it depends on your body and on what's going on with you. So do I think it would keep her out of ketosis? Um, Probably not. Um, Especially if it's a low sugar or low carb gum. However, I'm not sure uh, she says she chews it a lot daily. So I don't know how much a lot daily is. So if if it's you know one or two carbs per piece, which I would assume if it's a very low carb gum, it's probably around one to two grams of carbs uh, per piece. It could be more. I didn't look this up. I didn't look up that brand. But um, that if you're chewing a lot of those a day, I mean. I don't know. I'm not a gum chewer. Haven't been probably since I was a teenager. So I don't really know how many pieces of gum is a lot per day, but I would think maybe, I mean, you could probably easily chew 10 pieces of gum a day. If you choose chew a lot of it and especially um, coming off of an addiction like cigarette smoking, um, you could feel like you need to constantly be doing that to kind of keep your mind occupied and whatever. I could totally understand that. Um, so if you're, chewing that much of it, I mean, you could easily be getting 20 grams of carbs potentially just chewing gum. So if you're, if you have got other issues going on, like any kind of insulin resistance or any other kind of metabolic dysregulation, and you're trying to get into ketosis, um, and you're, and you're getting like that much, in the form of carbohydrates and gum, then it could be really difficult to get into ketosis then. So that could have an effect on it. Um, But I think the bigger issue would be that anytime you're chewing something, especially something that has sugar and carbs, you're signaling this whole digestive process in your body, right? So um, digestion starts in your brain. It starts with you uh, smelling the food, seeing the food, um, you know, it starts kicking up the the digestive process by um, producing saliva in your mouth and this um, salivary amylase that is used to break down the carbohydrates um, that you bring into your mouth. When you have that process start, your body also then will begin to release insulin. So that insulin that release of insulin, it is, it's is—it's there to help usher this fuel that you are signaling to your body is coming in into the cells um, to be used for energy. But if that energy never comes and you're just chewing this gum that maybe has this very little bit of of glucose hit to your bloodstream, um, but your body is constantly triggering this insulin. Then one thing that could happen for sure is you're uh, not going to. Well, first of all, you could be exa- exacerbating an insulin resistance issue if you have one. Like I, I don't know. Candy is not my client, so I don't know what kind of metabolic issues she is or isn't dealing with. But if she has any kind of insulin resistance issues, this could definitely exacerbate that. Um, Um, And then that could come along with a bunch of unwanted other hormonal issues. Um, Also, it can make it difficult to lose body fat, which she doesn't... To talk about this or mention this, but um, it could make it difficult to do that because anytime insulin is present, which is known as your fat storage hormone, leptin cannot be present, which is known as your fat burning hormone. So, I talk about this in depth in a podcast I did several podcasts ago, I think probably in the first 10 podcasts or so, um, about hormones and how hormones are affected um, based on your diet and what you're eating. So, I talk about that at length in there that kind of help you understand that a little bit more. So, but you know, I don't necessarily think that it would keep her from ketosis. I do, however, think though that I understand why she's chewing the gum, but I think that there would be that that potentially she could learn some other ways to mitigate the cravings. Uh, which is what I'm assuming is happening for her with the cigarettes. So she's chewing the gum. I think there might be some other ways that she could potentially learn to help um, mitigate those cravings and to help to fix the underlying issues that may be causing her to feel like she needs to chew this gum and that she needs, um, you know, she has these uh, the, this desire to do that. So um, I think there's probably some other things that we could work on. Um, depending on her, uh, on her, on her bioindividuality. I mean, it's, it's going to depend on her, her biochemistry, like what's going on in her body. Um, and with her digestion and how all this is working for her. So I'm, I commended her on quitting the smoking. I think that's amazing. Um, I know firsthand how difficult that can be to do. Um, I was a smoker for uh, many years and quit uh, about 20 years ago, uh, maybe 20 plus years ago. So, um, I know how difficult that is. And so, but I think ketogenic, man, if I had known about this, uh, when I quit smoking, that would have been fantastic. Um, keto is, is got to be very, very helpful. I would think in helping you to kind of move away from that. Um, from smoking and that kind of lifestyle. Okay. So on to the next part, which was a a form submitted by, um, let's see, this was submitted by Cecilia and Cecilia is the one who says a 2000 calorie keto menu could look like for most question mark. She says, good morning, Jessica. I love and trust your podcast. Wondering if you could be kind enough to dedicate an episode of chatting about what a keto 2,000 calorie minimum lifestyle would look like. I have been keto for nearly one year with amazing success, but I feel like I now don't eat enough because I am not hungry a lot. I choose to eat um, intuitively, but I am wondering if talking about what it looks like to eat a minimum 2,000 for women could help many, many people. Puts things into perspective. Thank you, Cecilia. Okay. So first of all, I want to address that. I am not saying Um, And I don't believe Sean was saying this either. If you are not eating 2,000 calories a day and you feel great and you're at a steady, stable weight and your hormones are doing awesome and you're sleeping well and you have good energy and you're active and all this that you need to change that. Um, I I think, and I, I'm not 100% sure, but she says that she has been keto for nearly a year with amazing success, but she now feels like she doesn't eat, a lo- eat enough because she's not hungry. Well, that typically happens um, when you go keto because you just stay full uh, so much that sometimes it can be difficult to get the calories in. Now, um, if you are... If you're eating too low, especially as a a woman, you will start to experience uh, hormone dysregulation and and issues. Even if you're not feeling like it's causing you problems, um, it can over time cause issues. So I don't know what she thinks is not a lot because she's not hungry a lot. But it's actually pretty easy to get in a lot of calories, even if you're only eating one meal or, or two meals or maybe a meal and a snack a day. Um, most of my days and the two that I tracked, I think one of them I didn't have breakfast and I think the other one I did, but um, most of my days... I don't eat breakfast because I'm just not hungry. And, uh, but then my meal, I usually have kind of a, I I usually have something more of like kind of a snack type thing, some kind of health, healthful, snackish type meal for lunch, which is usually sometime around one or two. And then I eat the majority of my food in the evening at dinner. Um, That's when I love to cook, I make big meals, and that's when I really like to have some big, awesome, meal and it's really pretty easy to get a lot of calories in at that time for me um but everybody is different so um you know so it can look different for everyone but i just want to stress to you that that while I think that 2,000 calories for most women is is adequate and sufficient and if you are a very active woman, you quite possibly need to be eating even more calories than that and I know it sounds super crazy because if you are like me like I was in the past, like I've said before, you know, I thought I needed to stay around 1200 calories. And I know there are plenty of people in the keto community as well that will tell you, you need to eat 1200, 1400, maybe 1600 calories. Um, I think 1200, 1400, that to me is crazy for any woman. I don't think that that's adequate for probably anybody just to keep your body functioning the way it needs to be. I just don't think that's accurate. Uh, However, um, having said that, I could go with maybe closer to 1600, 1800 calories, may be sufficient for you. Um, If you are not super active and you're um, live a little more sedentary life and um, you are, um, you know, you're not significantly underweight, you're not significantly overweight because when you have a lot of weight that your body's holding on to a lot of times I would say nine times out of ten, I see that being an issue, of especially for a woman where her body is holding on to that weight because of previous deprivation, and even once going keto, it is just going to hold on to everything for a while because it is nervous that you're going to go back into this famine, quote unquote. Um, so when you start out eating ketogenic, sometimes women can actually gain a little bit of weight, and then that will back off typically slowly Um, but surely once their body realizes that it doesn't need to panic anymore and that all of a sudden it is getting all the nutrients that it needs and everything is great and it can start letting go of some of those stores that it had been hanging on to. So, um, this is a very complicated situation and there really is not a one size fits all, but I, so I just want to get that out there and say that, that I don't think my, I know me and I I don't think Sean either is telling you that if you feel good eating whatever amount of calories you're eating, fine, do That. But I think what we're trying to say is don't try to restrict your calories and um, don't think that, you know, if you're hungry, I mean, I think what, what I'm always trying to get people to do is not to even think about calories, but just to get to an intuitive eating pattern. And if you're hungry at all, you're not eating enough food, or at least you're not assimilating the nutrients that you're eating. So that could be a matter of fixing digestion and working on um, getting your hormones in order. So so be, the bottom line is if if you're eating and you are full and you don't feel like you need anything else and you have plenty of energy and everything's working great, then great, don't worry about it. Worry about eating intuitively. Um, so this uh, to wrap this up, I want to give you guys uh, the two days that I tracked on the Carb Manager app to give you guys an idea of what a 2,000 calorie day would look like. Okay, so um, let me start with the first day. So on the first day, just to give you a, an idea of what this looked like when it was all said and done, I had a total of 30 net carbs, I had, which was approximately 50 total carbs. So it was about 50 total carbs, 30 net carbs. Um, I had uh, 173 grams of fat. And about, about 85 grams of protein. And the total was 2,100 calories for the day. So just to give you an idea of what that looked like. So my morning started off with black coffee. I had one serving of black coffee. Um, and I probably didn't even finish that. Truth be told, um, I almost never get to finish it. So I heat it up like two or three times. And then I'm like, I quit. This isn't even worth it. So um, my lunch that day was two eggs with Brussels sprouts that were cooked in bacon fat and broccoli that was cooked in bacon fat and bacon. And the broccoli and Brussels sprouts were leftovers. I heated those up, cooked two eggs and three slices of bacon. And then I also added three tablespoons of MCT oil. Um, So vegetables are such a great vehicle to get more fat, so if you're struggling to get fat in, I think veggies are a great way to do it. So I just literally take three tablespoons of MCT oil and just drizzle it all over. Well, in this case, it was all over the plate because I love love it with the eggs and bacon as well, but... Um, that was how I did that. Um, let's see. And then for um, dinner, we had um, the rose um, marinara sauce, the low carb marinara. I often make my own, but for this one, we had the rose. And I had three like medium sized meatballs, um, homemade, you know, grass fed. Uh, ground beef with some Parmesan cheese. I did about a half a cup of Parmesan cheese on top of that and spinach cooked in fat. And that was about two and a half cups of spinach. And then I cooked those in, in avocado oil. And then on top of that, I added MCT oil. And that was dinner. Then for a snack, um, one of the snacks I had, um, oh, this was later in the day. I, I often do this, uh, like, after dinner, especially if we kind of eat a little bit earlier dinner. Um I like to have, I'll have a glass of wine with dinner, which I did on this day. And I usually don't drink all of my wine with dinner. I don't drink a lot when I'm eating. So I like to, I kind of carry that on. So after dinner, I will tend to have a couple little um, snacks with my wine. And so I had um, truffle truffle cheese, and I don't know if you guys follow me on social media, but I've posted about this cheese that I just love that Whole Foods carries. They carry it for a very limited amount of time, and currently they have it. Um, so I had a, I had about a one gram serving of that truffle cheese, and then I had um, about 10 of the Parmesan cheese crisps, the Wisps, and then I had... 20 grams of the caramelized and salted milk chocolate by Lily's. So those Lily's bars. And I believe they have a serving size of 40 grams, which I think is half of the bar. I never, ever eat that much. I, at the very most, eat a quarter of the bar. Uh, That is more than enough sweet. And, and it's rich and it is so good. So um, I might have even come a little bit under the 20 grams, to be honest. Um, I put this in from memory the next day, but I believe um, that's probably about right. And then one of the, I did have a snack earlier in the day. I ate a chocolate chip cookie dough fat bomb. And these, again, I've posted about these numerous times on my social media. Um, I keep these in my freezer and I just love them. I cannot get enough of them. But one of the fat bombs is about two grams of carbohydrates for the whole thing. And it's like, um, I forget, like 14 grams of fat and like one gram of protein or something or two grams of protein. So it is like it's almost like the perfect keto food. So I love those so much. Um, I'll usually have one of those probably three or four times a week. I'll have one of those. So that day ended up again, about 2000, about 2,100 calories. Okay. So the next day I, that I tracked, uh, I ended with, uh, again, 30 grams of net carbs. Um, boy, I'm, I'm, pretty consistent on that. And then, um, that day I had 155 grams of fat and again, about 85 grams of protein. And, um, this day, let's see, my calorie total was about, um, just under 2000. It was like 1985. It looks like. Um, so for breakfast, I did actually eat breakfast on this day. So I had, um, four slices of bacon. I had one egg. I had the, uh, organic, uh, farmhouse culture, uh, kraut. I had the, the dill pickle kraut. I had about four tablespoons of that. I had, let's see, I had uh, MCT oil. I had a, it looks like about a tablespoon of MCT oil on there. And, okay, so, oh, and then I had, um, salad, uh, like field greens with, um, that's what I put my MCT oil on and I had one avocado. So I was, I really ate a lot of breakfast that day. <laughs> that is a huge meal for me in the morning and very uncommon. Um, then for lunch, I had uh, snack cheese, uh, like two little mozzarella balls, um, I had two of those and I had some, uh, uncured hard salami and that was my, uh, lunch that day. And then for dinner, I had about a three ounce portion of ribeye steak. I had Brussels sprouts and broccoli cooked in fat, about a one and a half cups of Brussels sprouts and about a half a cup of broccoli. And again, I drizzled all of that with MCT oil, two tablespoons of MCT oil. And I also had two tablespoons of butter on top of my steak then um, again, true to myself, after dinner, uh, I had um with dinner I had a glass of red wine, but I did not finish that. So once again, after dinner, I had some of my truffle cheese, about one gram of that, with um this time I had about 20 of the cheese crisps, but I did not have any chocolate or anything that evening. So um so I guess I had more of the cheese crisps and that must have, that must have taken care of it for me. So, um, so again, that was uh, about 1,985 calories. So just under 2000, um, I could have, you know, finished that off, um, well over the 2000 had I finished, uh, had I had like a fat bomb or added another, uh, serving of fat on my veggies or something like that. So, um, and this is all, you know, this is a guesstimate. This is just put into this tracker. So it's not a hundred percent accurate. You know, it's just giving you a guess of what, you know, the best guess of what these things are having, what these foods have. So, um, so for me and these scenarios, both days, I was pretty much, in the, um, I don't think this is a, give me an in depth. Um, I was trying to look. Okay. Yeah. So on both days, on the one day I had about 6% total carbs, 76% fat and 18% protein. And on the next day, again, 6% carbs, 75% fat and 19% protein. So I'm pretty, I mean, that's, and that's for me, that's intuitive. I mean, that's what I would be eating. um, And, you know, then I just logged it in order to share it with you guys. But that's pretty standard for me. If I, you know, my, I eat a lot of the same things all the time. Like there's kind of the things that I like and I know, you know, what they are and my, I'm just full. Um, you know, I eat till I'm satisfied and, and that's that. So, um, so I think that's what happens when you start eating enough food and you start understanding that. And I am certain that there are days, uh, like Cecilia says in her email that I come in under the 2000 calories, because there will be days that, um, that I really, you know, I may not, I may only eat one meal and I maybe am just not super hungry that day, but I think that's okay. If as long as you're listening to your body and you're doing what your body needs and wants, um, I think the danger is just when you, when you're doing that consistently over time and you're kind of under eating and you're just, um, you know, you're not eating enough meals throughout the day. And so you're not getting enough calories. Um, and then that kind of signals to your body that, Whoa, she's in a famine again. Again, we're not getting enough resources here. We are going to have to start storing some things again. Um, so I think that's where you just have to be careful. And, and unfortunately for women, um, that is, Oh, it's, it's much more prevalent for us than it is for men. Um, you know, let's face it, men can get away with so much more than we can with all of this stuff, uh, as far as diet and lifestyle goes. So, um, okay guys, well, that's all I have. I did want to share some, uh, some feedback that I got through Instagram. I'm going to do this really quickly because I know this is kind of turned into a long podcast today. Um, the first one, I have is, uh, from Instagram, um, Petrie Rojo says, hi on one of your, um, oh, she says on one of your podcasts, you mentioned making a homemade sanitizer. I've tried to find it with no luck. Could you give me that recipe? So I did, I gave her that recipe. So just to recap that I use aloe vera gel, colloidal silver, and then essential oils kind of depending on what I have on hand. But in general, um, the essential oils I really like DuTerra's brand uh, essential oils. So I'll use like uh, the Purify or On Guard or Lemon, um, Lavender, Sandalwood, kind of all of those. Well, um, anyway, okay. So then she. Uh, responded back. Thank you so much. Going to try this today. I am a nurse in a busy ICU, and the hand sanitizers they want us to use are brutal. Love all your podcasts and the wealth of in- info you provide. I've been keto for about a year, and I love it. Your podcast and those you refer are so helpful in my journey, and love listening to you talk about your big beautiful family. It's heartwarming. So thank you so much for that. Um, for that. Re- that. Um, Message that was super sweet. Um, I also got a really awesome one from Nikki M. 75, and she says, "I just wanted to drop a line and say hi. I've been listening to your podcast for a, for a while. Uh, while I'm at work, I drive dump trucks in a coal mine in Australia and a busy mom of three. Unfortunately, my health is deteriorating, constantly fighting IBS, gall attacks, etc. I went and saw a naturopath, and she has led me to the keto lifestyle. Only a week into it, and already feeling better." You're your podcasts have helped so much already. Thank you for good and good blessings from down under Nick. So that was awesome. I love that so much. She followed up to tell me that, Um, She has so many friends and family into my podcast and it is changed and it's life changing. Have a great day. Uh, so again, thank you guys so much for those kinds of messages. I, it just means the world to me definitely makes me want to just keep doing this and keep providing you guys with information. Uh, it's the, uh, it's the best way I know how to reach as many people as possible. So I just really love it. And thank you for giving me that opportunity to, um, be that, um, kind of an influence in your life. I I feel so honored and privileged to do that. And I just want you to know, I really do take it as an honor and, um, You know, it just really means a ton. So thank you guys for listening, and that's all I have for you guys today. I do have, I will have an awesome interview for you guys next week. Um, I think it may be someone that you guys, a lot of you maybe have not heard of. I absolutely love him. He is amazing. I love his podcast, and I'm really looking forward to introducing him to you next week. So stay tuned for that. It's going to be great. We're going to talk all about pH and some of the myths associated with pH um, levels in food. Food, water, etc. Um, so we're going to talk about that next week. If you guys want to reach out to me, you can do so. Email is Jessica at com. You can follow me on Instagram. I am at That Keto Blonde. Uh, Facebook, facebook.com forward slash Jessica Tie Nutrition. And you can visit my website, which unfortunately, guys, I'm sorry. It's not nearly what I want it to be. I'm going to work on it. I promise. But that is www.jessicatye.com. I'm really hoping, to get some more content on there soon, but, uh, you know, maybe this summer (laughs) I can get that looking the way I want it to just have some big things coming up here with graduation from the NTP or from the NTA as an NTP. Um, I've got my keto cruise coming up, the low carb cruise, uh, here coming up, which I am a featured or a not, I don't know, featured just a speaker on that cruise. So looking forward to that, but, um, I got a couple of other, um, speaking, engagements coming up a couple of uh summits online summits that i'm part of so i just have a lot of stuff on my plate right now and unfortunately the the website has been suffering a bit from that so hopefully i'll get that looking a little bit better for you guys here in the future the near future all right guys have a great week and i hope you guys had a blessed easter and i will talk to you guys next week thanks so much bye go with mommy a five-star review
0: Thanks for listening to my mommy and daddy. This episode of Keto Lifestyle was brought to you by Mobile Mutations. Mobile Mutations is an app development, software development company based out of Cincinnati, Ohio, that is able to evolve your ideas to the next level. Whether you're a small business or a large corporation looking to get app ideas or put together a new portfolio for your online presence, please visit the website at mobilemutations.com. Thank you for listening to this episode of the Keto Lifestyle Podcast. We hope that you enjoyed what we shared with you today and are looking forward to the next episode.